Okay. All righty. All right. Check one, two, one, two. Aloha and good afternoon, Facebook friends and podcast listeners. Welcome to the Maleko and Flash podcast. I'm Maleko. Are we starting? Is this official? We're doing it? Hey, it's what Flash. Do you need, invitation? Hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us here uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, uh, June 17th. Uh, today, we're going to talk to a local business owner uh, who has been a celebrity stylist to the stars here in Hawaii for many, many years. He's also a, a socialite and an, an Hold entrepreneur. Hold on. He, mostly stars. Mostly stars. And every <laughs> once in a while, he cuts a commoner's hair. Let's, <laughs> it's, it's not all celebrities. Come on. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Every once in a while. Just, and it's not just Hawaii either. <laughs> I love it. Uh, he is a philanthropist. He's an entrepreneur, and uh, and he's a hell of a great guy to talk to. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Paul Brown. <laughs> I mean, Paul, Paul Brown has to be. Uh, I mean, arguably, he's in the conversation for the most famous stylist to ever come out of Hawaii. Am I wrong? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Flashing. <laughs> there's another, there's another yeah. Paul, but I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anything about that guy. I don't know oh, who that Paul guy Mitchell? Is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he, he's from Hawaii. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't do any business in Hawaii except the product line. And I That's told exactly. him about Avapui, yeah. so there it is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, his, his son, his son uh, threw through some killer parties in Kailua, though. We'll give him yeah, some credit for has, that. He still has killer parties there. <laughs> well, Paul, by the way, is uh, he's he's my hairstylist, which is why Flash made the uh, the not so celebrity comment. Uh, Paul, if you really want a challenge, at the end of this episode, we're going to see what the heck you can do with this troll hair that Flash has got going on here. I, I don't know what is going. Give give me your expert opinion on this. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I would have to really put him in the chair and have a conversation to kind of understand what he does and how he, you know, what he likes. But I think it could be a little different shape. A little different shape. Little yeah. Different shape. I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know, cut off the suck. That <laughs> Cut off the face? You just leave the hair just as it is and just cut the face out? That's just, perfect. Just comb it right over his face like Cousin It. <laughs> So oh, nice to talk to people without a mask on and a visor, you know? So it is. Uh, if, if you looked at the, the photos that Flash posted on, on the internet the last couple of days, it was my last haircut at Paul Brown's salon, which was like the second haircut you gave after COVID-19. The first, yeah. by the way, belonged to the governor's wife. Yeah, She had the it. first appointment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. So before we get too deep into the podcast today, Flash, why don't you help us out? We're gonna uh, we're gonna go with the uh, the drink of the day. Flash, what are you drinking today? I, I mixed it up because you give me uh you give me so much uh, crap about how vodka all the time. <laughs> I've got Death Death's Door White Whiskey. This is actually whiskey. What? So before before they before they take the um the whiskey and they age it in the barrels. Ooh. Um, the, the barrels is part of what gives it its brown color, but this is, it's sort of like pre-refined whiskey. It's, it's a little rough. I'm not going to lie. That's fire. That's gotta <laughs> but it, be, but it, barrels yellow yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, so this is, it, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, I'm drinking some rocket fuel today. Death stores, <laughs> white whiskey. 
And uh, I bought it just because, or I got it just because it was clear. And then I, I made the mistake of drinking it and going, wow, this is, there's a reason most whiskey's brown. Anyway, cheers. Yeah. For as much as you know about spirits, I'm surprised you went that route. The, 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 I was just curious. I was just curious. In the barrel is responsible for mellowing out the flavor. It filters out the impurities. It adds a nice little warmth to it. Yikes, Flash. Yeah. Hey, Paul, I know you're working today, but uh, do you have something you're, you're sipping no, on while you're my lily, koi, lily koi and water. Yeah. I don't drink that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. I, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. A nice glass of red wine is good for me nowadays. Yeah. That'd be what great. Kind of, what kind of red do you like? I like a really, I like a, a really strong burgundy or a really uh, full uh, Chardonnay. I mean, um, a cab. Chardonnay's white wine. So yeah. those are manly reds, manly well, reds. I just, I like, you know, I like that little warm buzz, right? The stuff you're drinking, I used, to, yeah, I used to do that all the time. Matter of fact, I go to bed when I used to be coming home and I get up when I used to be, I mean, I, I go to bed, yeah, when I, when I used to be coming home, I, I get up in the morning when I used to be getting home and I go to sleep when I used to be going out. You know, yeah. I, I'm completely lost on what you just said, but I'm just going to okay. say, nod my head and go, okay. I know, because I, I got confused with it. So, in other words, when I, at 9 to 30 at night, 10 o'clock at night, I used to be going out. Well, now I'm going to sleep. I go to sleep. Boy, we all were. Oh, we well, all were. Still and now, when I get up is when I used to get home. So, you know, it's a yeah. Yeah. We're in good company uh, there, Paul. We, we, we all kind of went in the same circle there. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. But you were a puppy then. I mean, you know, I was being silly for a long time, but I'm, I'm good now. I'm good now. Good. All right. And I'm sipping on a, a margarita today. Once again, my, uh, my old favorite. It's the, uh, uh, the Tres Agaves margarita mix, which is an organic mar margarita mix at Safeway. By the way, the price has gone up about 45% since, wow. since February. It used to be about six and a half, uh, six and a half dollars for a bottle uh, in February. It's now almost 10 bucks a bottle now if you get it at Safeway. It's still delicious though, still worth it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and that's in part probably because as, um, you know, there is no um, on-premise sales anymore. So they need to make up for it in the off-premise, which is like the grocery store and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all those you used to get at Safeway where you buy 10 or you buy six, you get 10%. That's all gone now. Everybody's just, yeah. you know, I was living on alcohol during the, during the COVID-19 crisis. <laughs> like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> Said everyone. <laughs> People well, are making well, banana bread. I'm at home making cocktails. Yeah. 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 I was a good boy. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> so Paul, I, this picture of you and Maleko the other day, um, the first thing that struck me, um, besides Maleko's fantastic hair. And it's very, very rare that I compliment Maleko. So it's really a compliment to you how amazing Maleko's hair is. Um, but you know, you've got the face shield on and a mask. And obviously there's gonna be concerns, um, you know, not only in your industry, but as just whatever the industry is that's opening up um, across the land, you know, people aren't gonna go anywhere where they don't feel safe. And um, I was just wondering if, if you could walk us through um, your process on, okay, in January, my salons look like this, and now we're opening back up in June, and, and this is what, what they look like. And, and also, um, just curious what sort of guidelines you've gotten from the city or the state, or if, if you've just 
gotten no guidelines. I, I'm just curious about the, the process of all of it as a business owner, how, how this has all come to pass for you well, guys. You know, I had an opportunity of starting on March 25th, actually. We closed on March 20th. We had an opportunity of start to, starting March 25th to plan how we would reopen. We were ready when in April to reopen with masks, visors, you know, I, we got on, had a very good buyer get us a thousand, 5,000 masks, a thousand uh, visors. We donated three, 300 visors to the uh, our charity. We sold 500 and we kept a couple hundred for the staff uh, here. Uh, the guidelines um, are, there's a industry person that I know in DC. So I was able to, you know, 435 in the morning, find out you know, uh, how the process was going to go. And we are actually being even more strict because our, like my clients, my base clients are over 60, my personal clients. Like Maleko. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very few puppies in, in the group. But, you know, my clients from, you know, we'll be in business 50 years next year and we still have clients from that. I still have personal clients wow. from 50 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, I was very concerned about protecting the staff, and the clients and really I reopened because I need a place to go you know I need a place and I love what I do so we were very careful in ordering everything so we would have it by April um, in uh, April you know we thought we we're gonna be open by the end of April and then went on another month so we were prepared then we also negotiated another uh, space in the in the center which is right next to Genki Sushi which is um, a, uh, was a town and country surf shop. And so, so, so hold on, let tell everybody exactly where you're located. We're, we're in Ward Center. We're in Ward yeah. Center and uh, we're right uh, where the first, like if right where the valet is, we're the first store coming into uh, Ward Center on that side. And then there's a Genki Sushi and right next to Genki Sushi was uh, town and country, but they're no longer in the center. So we took that space and converted it into a pop-up salon. So that was getting mirrors and chairs and, you know, we don't have shampoo capability there, but we're able to have the client come to the front door of our main salon first, get their temperature taken, ask the questions, uh, and uh, make sure they sanitize their hands. Then we have the hairdresser or the pers person that does check them in, takes them to the other space to get their hair cut or to get a color service or a brow wax. Now we're not doing shampoos because we're not able to social distance the chairs. Um, you know, if, if, like on a Saturday and Sunday, even Fridays, even well Mondays now, uh, there's so many clients that come in one hour, we weren't able to, you know, uh, social distance them enough. So we only have three available shampoo chairs. So we're saving those for color. Not one client mm. has complained. Everybody comes with, a, you know, we sent out a, our, um, uh, protocols and what you know they could expect from us and what we would like them how they would like them to come with a mask be prepared you know have your hair clean and shampooed and uh you know be prepared to answer these questions and to sanitize your hands blah 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 you know so when you come in you get your forehead checked your questions are asked then your hairdresser takes you to their station all stations are at least the minimum is six feet. There's two stations that are only six feet, uh, uh, totally from the from the front of the station all the way around. It's six feet, and yeah. um, in both spaces. So we're able to uh, 
where a lot of salons can't do that. They have to, you know, have their staff only work three days a week and then have the other ones work. You know, we could keep, we're right on the same schedule. We're able to accommodate the clients and uh, we're, we uh, have 90% alcohol that we sanitize our hands with the cape. Oh yeah, we sanitize the chair, even the air, even the floor. We every client, different client. We don't have to wipe it down, it dries. At the end of the day, you put oil on, because I do it on my equipment and everything. At the end of the day, you put oil on your, you know, the scissor oil, you uh, rinse your brushes out, you put them, you know, everything puts gets into a container, all the tape, all the uh, smocks the clients put on, they put on a robe, all of that is sanitized prior to them putting it on. So we are keeping very stringent and it's difficult. For two weeks, when we first opened, it was really difficult for me, you know, I felt you know, just, you know, like it was this thing on my, you know, this visor, you know, this mask. <coughs> yeah, here, I've actually got a, a photo. This yeah, is the photo the Flash visor. was was talking about. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but to work, the, uh, yeah, the to work like that the, is very difficult, you know, for a creative person and they're, they're you know, you're breathing. And, you know, frankly, my uh, doctor told me that you're losing about 20% of your oxygen when you wear it all day. So you really need to take it down. So I go up on the seventh floor roof and I just take it down, and get some air in, you know, during the day when I can, maybe a couple of times a day. And, um, but we've, uh, you know, we're really being very careful because I, God forbid somebody in my staff would get it or give it to a client or we get it from a client. I, you know, that would just be so horrendous. You know, I don't know if I could handle that. So we've been extremely stringent. You know, we reopened to have a home for my staff. You know, and and to have uh, I I couldn't just say forget it, you know I've been doing this for a long time and I love what I do. So we we opened it was very we did spend a lot of time. I have these Wonder Women I call them, Kat and Tammy, my Wonder Women. They spent daily while they were out on unemployment, planning with me, helping staff through their uh, their social their uh, unemployment you know, paying for the insurance for three months, paying the rent, you know, we did everything to keep us alive to have a home for them to come back to. And I'm happy to report that we're doing way better than we thought. We're doing numbers that we haven't done in years. And um, we're getting all new, we had 14 new clients yesterday, 14 new clients in a, uh, an identity that's been here for 50 years is really unusual that have never been to a Paul Brown salon. And so it, it's because of the social, yeah, it's because they saw the newspaper thing, they saw Maleka thinking they saw the news and literally that's what they're saying. They felt safe. You know, we're getting uh, a lot of the Yelp is uh, they're going on Yelp and saying, so we're a very safe uh, organization. Uh, and we continue to be. The staff is reminded constantly, and they're all doing very well. I'm surprised, actually. You know, I'm surprised. The ones that came back, you know, some did not come back. We're good with that. We're, we're good. We can survive this. This is an industry that survived the Great Depression, the 2008 recession, 9/11. I mean, we people will, you know, and we have an expendable income client base. You know, pretty expendable. They're not going to depend on really the tourist or, or you know, that that income. And, uh, and if we do, they'll just wait three months to get a haircut instead of coming every six weeks. Yeah. So we're thrilled. I mean, if, if this continues, and I know it's going to slow down a little bit because of a rush, but my manager and my desk people say it doesn't look like it because we're already into next week. I mean, next hmm. month. Yeah, so 
if we can continue this, we will survive this very nicely. The staff will have a same income, a healthy, even more. Some of them are doing going to have more of an income. And the other thing that's really interesting, the clients are tipping big, you know, because, you know, they, they're so happy and their stylist is back. And even the new clients, because they appreciate what we're doing. And it's expensive to do what we're doing. You know, it's expensive to operate, you know, two spaces and we needed more support help and, uh, you know, non-productive help, which is like desk and, you know, just to facilitate uh, uh, two, two locations and make sure that everybody's, you know, properly checked in. And so, but I'll tell you, it's been a really uh, interesting, for me, it's, it's my last big hurrah. This is my last, matter of fact, I'm going to be turning the company into either a foundation or a co-op and the participants are going to play, you know, I'm, I don't need to own this, you know, I'm, I did okay. And I could, you know, I don't bling, so I can live very nicely for the rest of my life, but, but I do need a place to come to, or I'll jump off my lanai or off my, you know, I mean, I have to have that. And with the gyms closed and, you know, <laughs> oh my God. No, Maleko is torn up about that. Oh man, yeah. I tell you, I'm so beside <laughs> myself. Oh my goodness. My what life do I is- do? <laughs> Listen, you lost some weight, even on this this too much. You lost. I'm always on his butt about losing some weight because I know. Yeah, that hard, makes two of us. Well, I know how hard <laughs> it is when you get to be an old dog, you know. And so, yeah. So I missed the gym dramatic. Matter of fact, I lost almost an inch on my arms and an inch and a quarter on my chest. And due to my age, this is like dog years, right? Every year now, when you get to be my age, you know, it's so hard to get that, let alone you know maintain it. So. I, and I hate working out, but I love the results, right? So I got an elliptical. I've been doing that. And then the pool finally opened. So I did, you know, an hour in the pool and an hour in elliptical just to keep some sanity because for me, I get very anxious. You know, I'm, I have a lot of energy. So I need that uh, that workout. So I didn't do well being at home. I, I didn't like <laughs> it. After a week, I was going nuts. So it was good. I had some project to get this back open. It was more difficult to reopen the salon than it was to open a brand new one. That's how great, you know. I mean, oh, we, interesting. Oh, yeah. It just, because there was so many, trying to get things, you know, just trying to accomplish getting a sanitizer thing. I mean, just, you know, it was constant. You had to keep up on it because nobody had them. You had, you know, I mean, it took forever. You know, everything took way longer time. And I'm not a big text and email guy because I'm dyslexic. So I really don't like to type. It takes me a long time. So it's more phone calls. So, you know, by the end of the day, I mean, I would get up at 4.30 and start with DC, finding out about the new you know, laws and what we could do and how we could open. And then to go on to, you know, work with Kat and Tammy on, Tammy on finance, you know, the numbers, you know, how is it, how, what does this look like? We did like eight different scenarios on how, what it would look like if we only did this amount, this much, you know, how it would all work. So we started, my success is not being this incredible hairdresser. I'm a good hairdresser, but it's, you know, there's a lot of good hairdressers. Um, it was, it's really persistence and planning. I, everything we ever did, we always planned way ahead because you know the next day some caca is going to happen and you got to deal with it. So, you know, the more you can get done before you get no procrastination, you know, make, I make people crazy when we have a project because I'm relentless and persistent. So, but that's our success. And this is becoming my last big hurrah. It is my last big hurrah and it's <coughs> very successful. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about it. And thanks for what do you me mean, a- uh, last hurrah? Are you talking about uh, uh, changing? 
What, no, what's no, going no. on? Do I need to make my appointments <laughs> no. early? <laughs> oh, no, I'm never going to retire. That's why I need the place. You know, I'll never retire. I mean, you know, Kenneth, who I was trained by, Jacqueline Kennedy's here. It's this company I work for uh, that sent me here to Hawaii uh, to be the art director for Liberty House. I was 19. And the opportunity uh, was so great here because everybody wore wigs and they, you know, razor cut. And, you know, I was a haircut blow dryer. I, so it was just incredible. I, you know, that's why I'm successful here was because of that and all the press. But the opportunity to have to be able to reinvent the whole company has been really exciting for me. You know, something new and different. So we're reinventing how we operate. We're reinventing. Um, we're going to have a different mission statement. We may be changing the name a little bit because we're. I'm going to invite the participants that did stay with me, and that are they're working. I mean, we have we have one guy that's worked seven days a week since we opened. I mean, he's banking it. I mean, he's banking it, but you know, they're so dedicated. The staff I have right now is very dedicated to the company, loyal to the company and very dedicated to the client. That's all I want. That's, you know, and good quality work, you know, that's our success. And the fact that now we're being very cautious and I don't think anyone, I, it, it, it would be, if somebody gets a virus here or they bring it, it would be so hard to transmit it because of just the way we're operating. You know, it would be half, they'd have to sneeze on you with your mask down or something. Because we, if you come in here, you'll see a lot of times it smells like you're coming into one of those offices where they, they, you get the shot with, you know, or the, because it smells like alcohol. You know, you walk in and it smells like rubbing alcohol. So, um, but people are, are all good about it. We haven't had one complaint. What's so interesting to me on a normal, you know, couple of weeks, we've been open since the 28th, 29th of uh, of, of uh, May, April, of June, June. No, the 20th of May. My May. 28th of May, when we open, we have had not one customer complaint. Now that is novel, you know? I mean, it could be, you know, the little thing like the coffee, you didn't have the my kind of coffee. I mean, all kinds, you know, you, you, people, you know, you, people are gonna come up with something, right? Not that, that's Flash, by the way, complaining about the kind of coffee you have. Oh. <laughs> that's totally a Flash move. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think maybe the maybe that I didn't have his white whiskey, but not the you know his clear whiskey. But not about the coffee. <laughs> That's why I don't like the coffee because there wasn't any whiskey to put in it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of coffee is that? Oh, Paul? <laughs> to be to be a young dog like you guys, I would I'd love to be a young dog. I can't do that stuff. I feel like dog meat the next day is not worth it. <laughs> You, um, when you walked into Paul's salon for the for the first time, and you hadn't gotten a haircut in what? How long? Uh, it had been eleven weeks. Okay, so you walk in, you know, which is about is double what I normally. I normally go five and a half, six weeks. So it was it was yeah. almost entirely double. So you're walking in, you know, you're probably. I know you've been staying home more than most and being really good about it. You're trepidatious. I mean, what was your feelings walking in? You know. To, the, to well, that situation. Well, you know, my, my biggest concern, and I talked about this with my wife, is I, I hadn't left the house for, you know, that, that yeah. 11 weeks or whatever it was. I mean, I really, if I went anywhere, it was to get groceries and I would go in the middle of the night when no one was around. I'd have my, my uh, N95 mask on and I'd, I'd do it quick and I'd get out. Like, I mean, I was out yeah. of the house for 45 minutes max in any one 10-day period. And so the thought of going to a hair salon where traditionally you sit in the chair, you're there for an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. 
everyone's hovering around everyone's laughing like it's just it's a social environment you know it's almost it's almost like being in a bar because you're you're near so many people who are doing so many things and there's so many conversations and noises going on so my fear was that how am i going to feel walking into an environment like that when i've been so cautious about what i surrounded myself with and, and and what and by the way, just before you continue, so people understand where you're coming from, because in spite of the joking around, I mean, you don't fit the high risk demo on the outside, but a lot of people don't know that you have asthma. So this has been right. extra scary for you. Right. Uh, so I am, I am technically high risk and, and I've been taking precautions as such because, uh, you know, a, a pulmonary infection for me would, could be fatal. So with that in mind, you know, making the appointment, you know, Paul had talked to me ahead of time, told me the same things he told us today. I went in there and from the moment you get there, instantly you recognize that they get it. And that's a huge part of this, I think, for any business is let the customer know that you get how serious this is. You know, if the person taking my temperature had been laughing about it and saying, oh, well, stupid COVID and and like kind of made a joke about it as though it was bullshit, then it would have it would have felt like they didn't take it seriously. But that's not what happened. I walked in and right away they're like, I need to do this. And if your temperature is high, you can't come in. Here, please sanitize your hands. Let's take a look at your mask. Here's a better mask. Let's put that one on you. And, you know, from the moment you walk in to the moment uh, I left, every step was taken and he explained it all, what was being done to keep to keep me safe. And, and I think that's huge for any business that's going to reopen is recognizing that, you know, for some people, this is life and death and they treat it as such. So everyone from your hostess to the server, to the person in the kitchen, to whoever's in the back, whatever business it is, everyone has to have that same level of seriousness about what's going on and why it's happening. I think that's, that's ultimately what you need for customer satisfaction. So, Paul, I know you said that you had been um, on the phone with Washington, D.C., but um, have you been getting any help or information on a, on a local state or city level from the government uh, about reopening and, and well, they, what you need to do? Yes, there was a um, perform, a, you know, protocol um, chart sent out to us all. It matched what was in D.C. Matter of fact, um, a friend of mine uh, I was on this board, it was an international hairdressing board, but it was, I was the only hairdresser on this board because it was chain operations, you know, and Great Clips, which is a billion six was a company, um, uh, is a friend of mine, the founders, and they were on the board also, and they uh, had a uh, two girls, I don't know if you saw in the news, that had coronavirus when they opened, but they were wearing the mask and the visors and 140 people that they, you know, were associated with the first two days before they were tested in that one salon. Nobody got it. Nobody got it. Oh, wow. Because they were following these strict protocols. I think it's important for people to know that you can uh, go into a, a salon or I'm not so sure about restaurants myself personally yet but you can go in for services or you can go to a place that really is stringent i'm telling you the visor is important for the hairdresser because their eyes are you know their eyes are uh, you know and also for the client because it covers you know the entire uh 
face and then you have your mask on. If you use the alcohol and you sanitize your hands every time before you touch a client or anything and you keep your counters clean and the rest, you should, we should, everyone should be okay. Everyone should be safe. You know, but you really do. You have to follow very strict. And it's a little cumbersome getting the staff. You know, it's very hard to work under for a hairdresser under these conditions. With a, it's like being a doctor, you know, or a, a dentist, you know, and we're not used to it at all. It took me two weeks. And so the staff's getting more used to it. It was a little difficult, but they're getting more used to it. And we even had to do another re uh, reiterate to them. We have them all in text that they have to really be careful because they were trying, some of them were letting the mask fall down over their nose. And, you know, so we're just being, my management team, myself, and my lead uh, stylists are being very, with the younger staff, you know, everyone is really focused on taking care of the clients, of course, needs and beauty services, but also to keep them safe. You know, that's number one. You know, that's number one. And, we, we had and I think that makes a big difference. Uh, you know, you, you uh, a big part of this, and we've used the term before, where it's a big part of this is, is making the customer feel safe. Even if those extra precautions, whether they do or they don't make a difference in the long run, if the customer feels unsafe, they're not going to come back. They're not going to have a pleasant experience. They're not going to recommend your services to other people. And, you know, that's, that's customer service before COVID. Any, any operation hairdressing salons or anything overdo it overdo overkill your safety because for me you know i'm 72 i do not want to get this thing you know i'm, I'm healthy i don't have any issues uh but and i'm a really healthy guy and i probably would get through it because i know an 81 year old who got through it his wife was much younger and she had a little bit of an issue but he was fine i, I probably get through it but i don't want to get at it you know i don't want to get it and i certainly don't want to give it to anyone so I think it's so important that even the young kids, you know, the ones that aren't concerned about it, understand how I feel, how you feel with asthma. You know, they have to have more empathy. They can't be walking around without a mask and all that. And, yeah. and as you both know, this is not over. It's, more, more, it's so important that we continue this. We can't get laxed because it's not over. I, mean, I hate to yeah. say it, but it's going to get worse. Yeah. It's going to get worse. And well, they talk about the second wave. The first wave isn't over. I said, no. we're still in the first wave. It's not over. <laughs> well, it's not so lucky here, though, you guys. I mean, really, yeah. I'm numbers. But, you know, once they open, you know, if we, if we start getting 6,000 people a day, normally it was 30. But if mm -hmm. we start getting even 6,000 a day, they did a graph. Did you see it? We'll have 150 cases a month. However, that could be from more testing, too. But we will have more cases. I mean, but we got to open the economy. We have to. And... Everybody, hotels, everybody just has to be extra precaution, you know, safe, be very careful. Yeah. And, and less people, everyone has to wear a mask. All these young kids, I hope you have some young people on your thing. Don't just think about yourselves. Also, they're finding now, if you read the science this morning, they're finding that kids, these 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, if they have it, even they don't show symptoms, they can have vascular problems when they get older. It is in your body. That virus stays in your body. So it can, it can, if your immune goes down, it can attack different, even if you're not showing symptoms, even if you're 20, 23, and you never even realized you had it. That's what they need to understand. You know, wow. I, you know when you're 23, 25, and 30, you think, oh, I'm invisible. You know, I'm never going to die. I'm never going to have a problem. I'm never going to, you know, uh, be uh, anything that's, uh, uh, 
you know, I'll never, you know, uh, I'll never get in a car accident when I'm too drunk and kill, you know, I mean, you think of all these crazy, you know, you're, you're wow, that went dark. Yeah, <laughs> That's true, though. Who, you're 23 and the world can't stop you. You can't even, you know, but the thing about it is this is this is not it's different. This is not a flu. This is a virus that has ramifications they don't even know about yet. They are only finding out about this virus now. They're only, there needs to be way more study. So we got to be realistic. You know, everybody does. Wear a damn mask. I don't care where you're going. Don't not wear a mask. Yeah. And I think it's important. I know you've got to get going here in just a bit. He's got a, an appointment uh, in a few minutes. But, you know, just uh, real quick before we go, Paul, maybe um, talk about how you've dealt with this in the staff. Because you've got young people that work in your office. And one of the things that uh, I've been hearing uh, lately, the discussion has been about COVID shaming. It's about how some people in the office take it more seriously than others. How some will say whatever it's to, it's uh, uh, it's That's in my office is like that. It's, it's no big deal. And then other people treat it as life and death. And the tendency there, when you have something that you're unfamiliar with or that you don't believe in, is to mock it or make fun of it. And so there's this, this attitude of COVID shaming where people feel pressured to take off the mask because other people in the room have the mask off. No, nope, you can't work here if you take your mask off. It's that simple. You're done. I, I, I'm not playing around with this. You know, this is a serious, I don't want anyone on my staff to get this thing or any of my clients. If they got it here, I don't, I, it, it would, I mean, I, we opened this and really thought it out. We didn't just open, you know, we really thought it out, you know, and planned and thought it out and thought it out. Every staff member knows that. Even my young kids, they know how serious I am about this. And one thing is to get cat you know, my manager upset, but another one is to get me upset. You don't want to get me upset. I mean, I'm a good guy, but if you're going to hurt my business or my clients or my friends or my, you know, Ohana, which is my staff that's still here with me, I consider them my Ohana. I have people here that have been with me 30 years. I have one woman who's been with me since I started. You know, these are family. These are people that help me become successful. All the clients that I do help me become successful. I have to watch out for them and the staff has to understand that. And that's, it's a period. We're actually doing a, another little uh, meeting. We're going to have online. We don't do anything, you know, like uh, we used to, everything's changing. There's no, you can't just walk up to the office. I mean, everything is difficult, especially for us hairdressers to remember all that. But I got to tell you something. If you want to play, you want to have a job. And, I mean, we could keep this going. You want to have a job when the, when the economy even is going to get worse and it will. Well, we have a home for you and we have clients that you can do, but you got to play by the COVID, the rules of this, of this pandemic and the rules of this operation, period. It's that simple. There's no negotiation. There's no, you know, no playing around here. And I know that sounds really firm and really hard and everything, but if this is life and death, you know, this is not like, you know, a bad haircut or something. I mean, this is like you can hurt someone, you know. Although Flash's haircut is, it, I'd die personally if I had that haircut. It'd be life and death. Hey, for you me. know, you know who, you know who did this? Shelly. Shelly did this for me at her house. Shelly did it? Okay. Well, she's, yeah. she's not a hairstylist. She's a fantastic person. She's an incredible yeah, she's health a great expert. Business she's woman. great. She's a you great businesswoman. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have Paul taking my temperature. Okay, it's like <laughs> Shelly should stick to what Shelly does. 
No, the clock wow. flashed. Did she really do that? Did yeah. She, it's not, I mean, not that. I mean, it's not, it's not that bad. <laughs> I got to yeah. tell you. You know, you I know she did it with um, like the, the doggy groomer clippers. Like, oh, she doesn't yeah. have, like Ah, there like, it is. That's the, um, cool. it looks like a little poodle thing right I at the do see like the, uh, the office. It has like that little, little poodle thing. The little yeah. poodle puff. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> is it pink? No, the thing it's she actually used? grown out. It was kind of mohawky before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta tell you something. Shelly Wilson is one of my favorite people. She is a sweetheart. We didn't. I love her too. I love that she did that to you. That I makes her my favorite. I, yeah. No. <laughs> Well, I don't know, Flash, but you guys have a pretty good gig going on. So <laughs> I haven't seen Shelly in a long time, so please give her my best when you when the next time you uh, are hanging. <laughs> uh, I will. I'm going to see you later on today, actually. Please, there we <laughs> <go>. <laughs> That's good. Paul Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Brown. Paul Brown. Brown. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks. Paul. Paul, if, uh, if, if anyone watching, they want to make an appointment, go to the website, follow you guys on social media, where, where's, uh, plug all your stuff. Well, our website is paulbrownsalons.com. <laughs> who, is, who is it? Make her come on camera. Everything's paulbrownsalons.com. Right? Yeah. And you want Kat? Yeah, Kat, come over here. So this, on, is, this is one of my wonders. I love that Paul Brown has to this ask someone else what his website Kat, is. Put your mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Put your yeah, mask so, on. I want to Cat, show you my other one. These are my Wonder Women. These are my Wonder Women. This is Tammy. This is Tammy. Tammy's been Hi, with Tammy. us twenty years. Tammy has five kids. Cat's been with us ten years, and they're my Wonder Women. They are. They held everything together for us to reopen. So I want to know what your website is. Your website. Oh yeah, no, I know. It's Paul. Paul Brown. Uh, Hawaii.com? No, it's paulbrownsalons.com. Paul you can follow us on social media at paulbrownsalons as well. We, we've had a few of them. We've had a few of them, you know, different <laughs> sites. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But I do know you can book online. You can book online. Our, our, our uh, yeah. system is very sophisticated. You can book online. You don't have to even make a call or you can call through. Yeah, actually, I love the booking system. You can book it online. Yeah. Uh, it exports to your personal calendars, so you automatically get a reminder. You get text reminders before your appointment. You can cancel or change it without even talking to a human. It's it's very 21st century. Well done. I didn't even know we did all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I, I'm now realizing we should have just interviewed Tammy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put Tammy yeah. on. Cat does. Cat Tammy's the finance. Cat handles the little Indians. <laughs> That's great. Now Cat's telling you you gotta go. You got an appointment at one o'clock, and we don't want to make you late. Thank you so much, Paul Brown, everybody. Paul, Thank Paul you. Brown. Hey, Flash. Nice to meet Thank you, man. You, nice to meet you. Take care. Thank you. That's it. Aloha. We're gonna make an appointment for Flash very soon. I'll, I'll, let's do it. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye. So, All right. Um, Next week on the podcast is a big one. We are wrapping up. The, well, this, we have a living room live hashtag Aloha together this Sunday, 5 p.m. Me TV and 8 p.m. Hawaii TV with Mike Love and Paula Funga, Crimson Apple, um, uh, Kamuela, Matt Krahula, and more. But next week, Sunday, the 28th, is our season finale, series finale of living room live hashtag Aloha together. And so next week on the podcast, we have... Um, Henry Capono from the Capono Foundation, Shelly Wilson from Mission First Responders, 
and Ron Mizutani, president of Hawaii Food Bank. These are three of the um, initiatives that we've partnered with for Living Room Live to raise over $50,000 um, so far and counting over the last uh, 10 weeks or so. So we're going to we're going to get all those guys um, on the podcast. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. So if you haven't done it yet, subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on our YouTube page. Just look for Maleko and Flash on YouTube, uh, our channel there. That's where you can watch the Living Room Lives online. That's where you can see all the podcast uh, video episodes we've been doing. Or you can still subscribe to the audio podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Maleko and Flash. And uh, you can subscribe there or visit our website at malecoandflash.com. And if that's still not enough Maleko and Flash for you, Flash goes live on Instagram at least twice a day. So if you want to see what it's like to live inside the head of an egomaniac, subscribe to Flash Follow Maleko. And, uh, and check it out. Lots of fun there. And, uh, and if you have any suggestions or maybe you have a coupon for a free haircut somewhere, let Flash know. Uh, he also wow. takes certificates. Because I, <laughs> I like my hair. I don't know That's what to it. tell you. No, I like it too. Um, I love it. <laughs> shit. Um, and one more thing, uh, getting back to Living Room Live, um, you can still donate our website, alohatogetherhawaii.com. You can donate and choose one of the, any, any of the initiatives. And we do have one final new initiative um, in addition to the three I mentioned. That's right. Our final initiative, uh, we're partnering up with Helping Hands Hawaii and KITV4 uh, for their annual charitable giving campaign. It's called Ho'okupu. Uh, and what they're doing is uh, we're taking all the donations and we're, we've partnered up with a grocery store chain to buy gift cards, grocery store gift cards for families uh, and uh, families in need. Anybody who needs, anybody who applies um, has an opportunity to get these $150 or more gift cards to grocery stores to help uh, stock your cabinets yeah. uh, and feed Ohana here in Hawaii. Everybody's going through some tough times right now. Uh, no shame in asking, no shame uh, in, in having need. Uh, everybody does it this time, and, and the Ho'okupu campaign is going to give back to that. So we're doing that for these next two weeks. In addition to the other charities, you can go to alohatogetherhawaii.com to click on the donate button and uh, find out more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Aloha. Thanks, guys. Aloha. We'll talk to you later.